Hi, everyone. Welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. Today's episode is over an hour and a half. Yes, I know it is a long one, but it is worth every single minute. Daniel lost over 160 pounds. And when you have made that much progress on your health journey, there is a lot to unpack and discuss. And typically that person also has a lot of wisdom to share and kind of light bulb moments from their journey. So I'm not going to take much time to share an intro today because Daniel is able to do just that. However, there is something new at the end of this episode. It is called a bold question segment. Effectively, without any notice to Daniel, I asked him kind of a bold question. So if you're curious to hear what that bold question was and his on-the-spot answer, I would definitely tune in. Thank you so much for listening. I know you will be inspired by today's episode. And if you ever want to be a guest on the show or have an idea for a topic, please reach out to me on Instagram or on Facebook in my group called Motivate with Big Bold Life Podcast. See you there. is Living Your Big Bold Life Podcast, and I am your host, Bette Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids, I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health, write the book, go for the job, run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. Today, I have the pleasure of welcoming Daniel. Daniel is joining us all the way from Oklahoma. And what I think is so amazing about Daniel's journey is that he really, at the end of the day, wants you to hear that intermittent fasting doesn't need to be as hard as some people make it to be. Really, he has had dramatic I mean, maybe some of the most dramatic transformation and results that we've had on this show. And I think you're going to see that, yes, it took hard work in certain ways. It It took dedication. And he has learned some things along the way. But I continue to hear from Daniel the wisdom that, in many ways, intermittent fasting is not that complex. It's really simple. And when we try to make it too hard, sometimes that's what gets in the way. So I am so glad to have Daniel here. And let's get to his story and hear more about him. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're so glad you're here, Daniel. Thank you very much. I'm excited. Ready to, you, ready to talk some fasting. Yay! I am too. I am too. I'm turning off my my space heater down below on my my legs, even though it's a sunny day here. 
in the Pacific Northwest, uh, I still often need my space heater in my office. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would need it here in Oklahoma because it's a little chilly and rainy and kind of yucky outside today. So, Well, you were explaining to me that in if you're not from Oklahoma, you may not know this, but that you were saying kind of in a very short period of time, you can have like every season and... <laughs> They, they say if you don't like the weather here, just just wait a few minutes. <laughs> well, I am thrilled you are here. And for many of our listeners, they do know a little bit about your journey. But today I'm hoping that even someone who's maybe heard your story, seen it on social media, that they learn something new about you. Because I truly believe that when we listen to other people's journeys, we continue to learn and can apply those things to our journey as well. So Daniel, tell us a little bit about what brought you here today and why you even had to start exploring intermittent fasting. Let's rewind quite a few years back. Let's, t- let's talk Daniel, uh, teenage Daniel and, and kind of your health journey throughout the years. Okay. Well, teenage journey for me was nothing complicated at all. Just um, mostly I spent most of my day either at school or as soon as school was out, I was at the baseball field. So I was playing baseball Seemed like constantly. If it wasn't going on during school, I was playing in some tournament teams or something like that. I've, I've done that all the way through high school. So just by doing that, I probably stayed. It's what kept me active, I guess. Plus, I'm 48 years old. So back then, I graduated high school in 91. Um, so back back then, we didn't have all of the video games and you know, you didn't have so hundred and some odd channels on TV to, to be watching. And so you kind of just stay busy outside. I grew up out in the, in the country in a small town of Jones, Oklahoma. Um, so there was always things to do outside, uh, plenty of things to keep you busy. So I stayed active that way and never was, uh, never was an obese kid. I was always probably a little, little on the heavier side, but nothing that was ever concerning or anything like that. And you would have stages where maybe you would chunk up a little bit and then, you know, baseball season would come around, you'd start all the running and you would drop a few pounds and, but it was just never anything I ever even really thought about. Um, just kind of live life. And then as you get older and you get out of school and you start doing a job and you start working, um, I think you probably, get a little bit, the activity level kind of changes, I guess, depending on what the job is that you're doing. And by the time you get home, you're just mentally and physically just kind of worn down and you come home and sit on the couch, start watching TV. And um, maybe maybe in your uh, younger adult years, you're going out and going to the parties or going to hang out with friends and stuff like that. Uh, and then you eventually you you meet somebody and you settle down. I got married, um, been married now, oh, don't, uh, 21 years, almost 21 oh, years. Oh, that's so, wonderful. Uh, I've got a 17-year-old daughter. Um, so you would think I would be still be pretty active having a 17-year-old girl at home. But I think when you get married, you get pretty comfortable with life. And uh, my wife can cook. She's an excellent cook. And you you eat. 
you have fun, you enjoy your life, you're relaxed with everything. And just over time, you just start noticing just a little bit of weight comes on and you start getting that dad bod that everybody talks about. And, you know, you're like, well, okay, I'm just older. That's just kind of the way it is. And then, but then it just slowly progresses and you start getting a little heavier and a little heavier and a little heavier. And it just continues to build up until you just realize you just have to do something about it. And that moment for me, and you might've heard me say this before on, on another podcast or even in the, in the Facebook pages or uh, whatever, but um, I went on vacation with my wife and my daughter. We went to Branson, Missouri, and uh, we were there. I wanted to, I wanted to ride a roller coaster. Uh, my wife said she'd ride it with me. So we went over to go get on the roller coaster and Walked over, went to go get in the seat. She gets in there, buckles up, and everything's all good. And I'm struggling and fighting, trying to even fit in the seat. And I just couldn't couldn't fit in it. I was just too big. So I ended up having to get off and kind of take that walk of shame. It's a little embarrassing. My wife and daughter never showed any embarrassment of it. They just went right along like it was no big deal. But to me, that's a moment that stands out, and that's kind of that that catalyst moment that throws you in and makes that click in your head where you just have to do something. And so for me, that's kind of when, when it all started and when I started researching different ways and how I could, how I could go about losing this weight, because I had, I'd tried several things, you know, as you start seeing the weight coming on, I would try things like I think back, Oh, quite a few years ago it was called Atkins. Um, so I would try that. I would try just eating healthier and I would try going to the gym and exercising more, or I would just try all kinds of different things, but I would never stick with them for very long. It would normally last maybe a week, maybe two weeks, uh, never very long at all. Cause it was very short lived. I think because you soon realize as you start trying to watch your calories and you try and exercise and you start doing all these things that you just realize, well, there's just no way I can do this for the rest of my life. And so you just slowly stop that and you just kind of go on about your way and decide you're just going to be big, that it's just not going to work. There's just something in your body that's just not working and you're just going to be the big guy. So that's kind of, that's kind of where I was with that. And then I, Got home from that vacation, you know, set in my mind that I was going to figure out something, whatever, whatever that was. I had no idea at the time. And I got on the computer and I got on YouTube and started searching for why diets don't work. I don't remember the exact terminology that I used, but why diets don't work? How come you always gain the weight back? Those kind of things. And I stumbled across uh, Jason Fung, his videos on there, and he explains it in not like, not like you, he didn't talk like you hear most doctors talking to you. He's very, I don't know, he's kind of, I found him kind of funny, um, just the way he worded things and, and started explaining things to me. And it just made sense. And he wasn't putting any blame on you. He wasn't telling you, you know, that you've got this, you know, it wasn't, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. Just the way he was saying it just made sense to me. And I immediately started doing intermittent fasting 
instantly after I, after I heard the way he talked and the way he explained it. I, I can relate to that so much. I just feel Dr. Fong's videos are straightforward and it's kind of like this light bulb goes off. Like this just makes too much sense. Like this is, this makes so much sense. This is why we are all, you know, not, I shouldn't say we are all, but so many of us are struggling on our health journey because we've kind of had it all wrong. And I think he like, is like, this is why it's wrong. And no, you are not some flawed human being, but he makes the science really approachable. So I, like you, it was like, every time I'd watch his stuff or hear what he said, I'm like, oh, yes, you know, and and it's, it's why you hear so many people after hearing his videos or reading his book, almost decide to start that very day. It's like, okay, this is, this is different than calories in calories out. This is different than just spending hours and hours at the gym. This is different than going on some diet and you feel it. You feel, you can tell something is different about this. So Daniel, at that point in, in your life, do you mind sharing how much you weighed and, and kind of what, what your health looked like at that point? Were you on any medications or? Okay. No, I wasn't on any medications or anything like that. I, I wasn't one to ever actually even go to the doctor. Probably had I gone to the doctor more often just for regular checkups, like you should, but I didn't. Um, I probably would have been on some, but I, I really have no I really have no idea what actually was going on inside of me because I, I, on the outside, obviously, I didn't look healthy because I was extremely overweight, um, but I felt fine. I was always able to do everything. I didn't have, you know, I didn't until that roller coaster. I never had anything really completely stop me from doing anything. I was always able to still, still do the things that I wanted to do or at least thought I was able to do the things that I wanted to do. Um, and so after I, after I started, I had my wife, um, go, this will get back to what my weight was when I started, but I, I didn't really know because I didn't have a scale, um, and all of the scales that I'd been around. So like at my, at my mom's or at my mother-in-law's or wherever I would get on a scale and it would be the old fashioned kind, not a digital scale but just the ones that has the needle on it, you know? And so you would stand on those and they only went up to a certain weight. I think like 250 or 280 pounds or something like that. And I would stand on it and it would, it would just spin all the way around way past that mark. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I, I know I'm heavier than this, but I don't really know exactly where it was. So I asked my wife if she would uh, go to, when she goes to Walmart, if she would just run and get me a scale that would go up and I asked her, make sure it goes to at least like 400 pounds. I'm, I'm sure I'm not over 400 pounds, but give me one that'll go up that high and I'm sure it'll be able to weigh myself. So I kind of have a, a starting point of where I am. And she came home with one and I stood on it uh, that night and I was at 367 pounds and I'm six foot tall. So that's that's kind of a shocker when you see a number like that. That's a That's a big number. Um, you punch that weight in on the, you know, on the little charts that they give you, you know, you look it up online and see the charts and that was putting me at morbidly obese. 
And so when you think the word morbidly in there even just throws a whole nother level on it. And I just decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do this diets and all that stuff don't work this. I wasn't ever picturing this as a diet. Um, so I went into doing intermittent fasting based on what I'd seen from, from Jason Fong. And from what I saw, it sounded like 16 and eight, 16 hours of fasting, just eat your meals, whatever you're going to eat in that eight hour period that you have left. And so I decided, okay, that's, that's what I was going to do. If it worked, it worked. If it didn't, then it didn't. But it seemed like with the science behind it and what I'd learned so far that no matter what, I wasn't going to do myself any harm and I'm bound to help myself in some way, even if I don't lose the weight. So I just kind of went into it deciding, well, if, if I could survive the the first time of 16 hours with no food, you know, that sounded pretty daunting at the time. Um, now I look at it and I'm like, you kind of laugh because you're like, well, 16 hours, it's not very long. So, <laughs> I know, but at the time, right? It feels very long. It feels, but I'm like, you now. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe how much I, I was like stressing. Oh, 16 hours. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, oh my gosh, 16 hours. I'm going to have to skip breakfast. I'm going to like not eat anything after dinner and I'm not going to even eat anything until lunch. It just sounded so crazy to me, but I did it and I didn't die. I like, I didn't die in my sleep overnight you know, from not having those snacks at, at 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I skipped my breakfast and, you know, I was, I was a little hungry. You know, I, I'll admit I, I, it wasn't, wasn't the easiest thing ever, but I didn't die. I made it. And then I was able to, and I really, honestly, I, to not do the diet thing and decided it's not a diet. I did not change anything that I ate. So if I was going to have fast food for lunch, then I had fast food for lunch. If I was having fast food or pizza for dinner, I was having fast food and pizza for dinner. I didn't cut back anything that I would have, like my portion sizes. I didn't change any of that. I just decided I'm just going to do this. I'm going to fast for 16 hours and then I'm going to eat whatever I want, whatever I would normally have. I'm just going to keep it that. And that's, that's what I did. And uh, lo and behold, the weight started coming off right away for me. And when was this? What was your starting date? Okay. Or so about what? September 9th of 2018. September 9th, 2018. That's, that's the day that, that I actually, actually started after I watched the videos and decided, okay, this is, this is it. That was September 9th. And you're 367 pounds, right. six foot tall. You start with a 16.8, no diet changes. You say, mm-hmm. I, I'm going to make, I, I'm seeing this as a lifestyle. I am, I, diets haven't worked for me. Calories in, calories out hasn't worked for me. And mm-hmm. so you start seeing weight all of a sudden fall off. Were you kind of shocked? Were you like, did yeah, it kind was, of surprise you? <laughs> I was I was surprised, and I I still probably had the thought then. I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I did skip a whole meal. You know, I'm still eating my regular lunch that I would normally eat, and I ate my regular dinner that I'd normally eat. And yeah, I didn't have all the calories or whatever I was having from breakfast. And so, you know, I still probably in the back of my head probably was thinking, well, I'm just because I skipped breakfast, but 
it wasn't that hard. It was definitely something doable. So I was like, well, I can, I can do this forever. That's no big deal. After that first day of doing it and realizing it wasn't really that hard, then I uh, just decided, okay, well, I'm just going to do this forever. If the weight keeps coming off and, and then I'll, I'll be thrilled to death. If not, I know just from what I'd learned that I, I would still be getting healthier one way or the other. So I just stuck with it and it just kept coming off. The weight kept moving. And Daniel, so the weight keeps moving. Did you have any, what was kind of your next major shift or turning point on your fasting journey when you okay. look back? Okay. my the I can point to the major shift for me was learning. Okay. So I didn't, I didn't know anything about a clean fast, right? I'd never even heard that terminology. I'd watched Dr. Jason Fung's videos. I'd never heard him mention anything about a clean fast, nothing like that ever, ever even dawned on me. So I was having, I always have black coffee. That's the only way I've ever, ever had coffee is black. Um, so that probably wasn't, that wasn't a big deal for me. Um, but I did drink Diet Coke. I would drink some zero calorie uh, monster drinks or something like that, you know, during the day, throughout the day, uh, when, when I was fasting. So that part, I would be on some other, other, uh, Facebook pages or, or stuff for, for weight loss or for fasting. And I would see them always talking about, about calories and calorie this calorie that they would start telling you, Oh, you need to cut out all the sugar in your, and what you're eating, you need to do low carb or you need to do this keto thing or, and that would just kind of get under my skin a little bit. Cause I was determined I wasn't going to diet. So therefore I wasn't cutting all of this stuff out of my diet. If, um, so I would see people, I would comment on there cause I would be irritated. And then other people would come back and comment on my comment and say, Hey, you need to check out a book called delay. Don't deny by Jen Stevens. And I was like, okay, whatever. I don't know who that is. I didn't see her on, on YouTube, you know, none of that. I, I didn't know anything about that. <laughs> so, so I was like, whatever. And so then I would comment again later on something else. And sure enough, somebody else would pop in on there. Hey, you need to check out this book called Delay Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. And I was like, holy moly, who, <laughs> who is this, who is this? Jen Stevens? And so I, I made a note and I wrote it down and I, I went and I started looking it up and I was like, okay, Jen Stevens. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna get this book. And so I got the book on Audible and listened to it because I'm not much of a, a reader. Oh, I don't enjoy that. So <laughs> I enjoy it a little more now than I, than I used to, but, um, so I got the book and listened to it while I was driving in my truck and uh, listened to that. And so that's where I don't even think she used the term clean fasting back then. But she did say, you know, only having your black coffee, no, no flavors and no uh, sweet, non, no zero calorie sweeteners, you know, when you're fasting. She was saying those kind of things. And so. I was like, oh, because it spikes your insulin. And I was like, okay, because I'd always thought it was just about no calories. Right. And so I, uh, I was like, well, okay, so I just need to cut out these zero calorie drinks and, and then I'm good because I just drink water and black coffee and unsweet. And I always drink tea unsweet anyway. That's a 
strange thing. They look at you kind of funny in Oklahoma when you just order unsweetened tea. <laughs> it's not really a thing around here, but that's that's the way I always had it anyway. So I cut out the Diet Coke and the zero calorie monsters. And um, so what I found amazing was as soon as I did that, I and it was n- almost instantly that when my 16 hours was up and it was lunchtime, so say between 11 and 12 o'clock and my 16 hours was up and it was time for me to have lunch, I wasn't hungry. Normally, I, I was ready for lunchtime. I would look forward to, to lunch coming around and I would go get something or I'd go home and fix me some lunch. And it got to be that 16 hours and I, I wasn't hungry. And so I was like, well, I'm not going to eat if I'm not hungry. You know, that's how I got in this mess to begin with. So I just waited and that ended up being, I think like the first couple of days was somewhere around 18 or 19 hours. And then I would get hungry and I would fix my lunch. And then that soon turned into 20 hours and 21 hours and I would fix me a lunch. And then I was like, okay, so this started to get a little ridiculous because it's only going to be a few hours from that lunch until dinner is ready. And so I just decided, you know what, I'm just going to wait and I'm just going to eat. I'm just going to wait and eat dinner. And so that's what I did. And I just, it just, as soon as I started doing the clean fast, it went from 16 hours to one meal a day for me very quickly. I don't really have a time frame for that, but I mean, I would say probably within within a couple months, probably. So pretty pretty wow. quick. Wow. And and what is interesting is you know we've heard this from quite a few of my guests that they may have not been clean fasting. They didn't even know what clean fasting was. They learn about it. They try it. And all of a sudden, the thing they thought would help them be less hungry was actually making them hungrier because our mind tells us, at least up until this point, because fasting is a newer concept, so earlier in our journey, our mind tells us, well, that sugar-free drink, that coffee with some cream in it, it's going to help us feel less hungry, so it's going to make fasting easier. And we're not going to be white knuckling it. And what I want everyone to hone into, because I think you're hearing a lot of different opinions out there on the internet. And and Mm -hmm. a lot of people are jumping on the intermittent fasting train. And what Daniel's testimony and so many of my guests over and over say is that it's the exact opposite. By removing that drink that was supposedly helping him, he thought. And yes, he still did lose some weight, but he removed that. And it sounds like not only did his fasting get easier, but he I think it sounds like all of a sudden it was this turning point in your results as well. And so I guess would you when you tell someone about intermittent fasting, are you pretty passionate about the importance of a clean fast and, and on your journey? Oh, yeah, for sure. Matter of fact, I, I try and make sure they don't even know there's any other way to do it. So, yes. you know, I don't even I don't even bring up the other stuff. I just flat out tell them you can have water, sparkling water. If it's unflavored, 
Um, you can have coffee, but it has to be black, not flavored, not even some of the fancy flavored stuff that you see, you know, in the stores or whatever, just plain black coffee, nothing in it, um, or unsweetened, unflavored tea, green or black tea, whatever, but unflavored and unsweetened. And I leave it at that. I don't say anything else about, you know, they'll, they'll sometimes will ask you, well, what about like a, a diet Coke? I was like, no, that has flavor. You can't have that flavor because that flavor I've learned will spike your insulin. It's called the cephalic phase insulin response. And your body doesn't know the difference. Your body, and if you if you think about it, how in the world would your body know that you're not taking in any calories? Because there is not one organ, not one anything in your body that I'm aware of that actually even knows what a calorie is. It doesn't doesn't know what that is. So if your brain senses something sweet or something food-like flavored, it's what's it going to do? It's going to release insulin to deal with what it believes is coming in. It doesn't wait until it's like, oh, well, there's nothing there. I guess I won't release this. No, it does it instantly as soon as you taste it. And so it releases that insulin, which is then going to stop any access to stored fat. And it's going to stop autophagy. It's going to stop everything. And so it just doesn't make sense why you would do that. So don't don't put anything in your coffee. Don't have it. If you want to have that and you've got to have your Diet Coke or you've got to have the cream in your coffee or whatever, that's that's all great. You can have it. Just don't have it while you're fasting. Wait until your window opens and then enjoy yourself. Yeah. And we're not saying it from a, we want to make your fasting harder. We're literally telling you from personal experience, it makes your fasting easier. And, you know, we watch people who don't believe it or don't want to let go and they're struggling a lot of times and it's harder. And we've all had this kind of freeing moment when you realize, oh my gosh, it's so much easier to fast longer when you don't have those things. And it's also inhibiting your results. And I think if you're stuck, you may really want to look at that. And I know maybe one of the uh, Instagram influencers you follow, or you've seen another video on YouTube and they say those things are fine. I'm telling you over and over again, you will just try it. Try doing the clean fast. Try Mm. doing it the way Daniel is telling you. And I guarantee you might not like it at first, but you will dramatically see better results and you will all of a sudden be like, oh, this intermittent fasting thing's not as hard as hard as I was making it. <laughs> exactly, exactly right. There's just there's there's just no other way to do it. I the probably the most common thing is like people say, Oh, if you have less than 50 calories, then you're then you're fasting. Well, that just seems so ridiculous to me that that I ever even believe that it just doesn't doesn't make any sense and you still see it all the time constantly oh just just a little cream in your coffee oh it's only it's only 50 calories well that's that's still (laughs) you're you're still breaking your fast and if they would just just try it like you said if they would just try it i promise it will change everything i i would have never thought i would go all day without eating anything and not even miss it. I, I didn't, I'm not even hungry. I just, it just 
baffles my mind. You know, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I do understand why now, but you know, it, it just sounds so crazy to think of because we're just so used to eating constantly. You know, it, it's so true. And I think a real straightforward way that kind of hit me was like thinking of these two, you know, two fuel tanks and that right now I'm in, I'm in fat burning mode. I'm, I'm burning fat is in my one fuel tank. But the minute I do take coffee and put some cream in it or have diet Coke, it's, it switches fuel tanks. So all that hard work I was, I was doing by burning my stored fat, all of a sudden it stops, it halts. And that was like, oh yeah, that makes sense because all of a sudden it's going to go, it's going to go focus on that other, on that, that other fuel or that other tank. It's no longer using your fat. So I think that's so huge. So about can you give an approximate timeline on your journey? When was the clean fast implemented? And then what did your journey look like from that point forward? Yeah, I think the, I think probably um, clean fasting probably started about six months after I started doing the intermittent fasting. I didn't learn about the clean fast probably for six months after I started that. And so then from that point, so I've been doing it now, what, two and a half years if I started back in September of 2018. So, so six months from, from that point is when I learned about it. And that's when it instantly went to basically the one meal a day. Um, and so I've been doing that pretty much ever since I have thrown some other things in there. I did the alternate day fasting. I did that for a few months, uh, in there and never would have thought, you know, you think one, one day, of fasting sounds hard. Well, then when you start throwing in, I was doing 42 hour fast three days a week. And (laughs) that just sounds incredible. And it was so easy. I very, very, very simple, easy thing to do. I would have never thought you would, it gets kind of hard mentally, you know, on the, on the day that, and that evening when you know you're not going to eat and it starts to get that dinner time when you're normally would be eating, it's kind of, mm-hmm. I find it really funny that, and just solidifies that it's your brain and not real hunger, that it's just mental hunger and not real hunger because it just comes at that almost the exact same time that you would normally be eating your meal and all of a sudden you're hungry. Um, so, but then once you, get past that and you push past that point you feel like you ate already and i mean truly i mean you didn't put anything in your mouth but your body ate it just ate body fat it was very well fueled it didn't need me to put anything in my mouth i have plenty of stored up energy in my body for it to use and and that's what it did so it makes sense yeah i think that's a huge point because when someone wants to try a mealless Monday, which effectively, for those of you that are newer to fasting, mealless Monday is kind of a, a version of alternate day fasting. It's just not all week, but you are taking a, a, effectively a day off of of eating. You're you're fasting for that full day, and I I reassure people over and over that the hardest time in your in your fast is going to be those points where your body thinks it's time to eat. So it's kind of that, that post lunch period, you're going to have to kind of ride this wave and it's going to feel kind of hard, but once you ride it, 
you're going to feel great again. And then around dinner time, you might have to kind of ride that wave again. It's going to feel a little hard. But the amazing thing is, Daniel, and I don't know if you you can relate, but my best energy, my my most favorite time after an ADF day or after a mealless Monday is the next morning because I wake up feeling like I could go conquer Mount Rainier. I just feel like yeah. I have all this energy and I'm not hungry. I'm not well, at all. It's well, so interesting. Yeah. Matter of fact, I, I, uh, the time, you know, I had eventually I'd started, you know, as I was losing weight and all that, and I, I'd lost quite a bit. And I decided, um, after I'd lost the majority of my weight, I, I had started exercising and started jogging a little bit. And I decided I was going to go run and do a 5k. Well, the day that I went to do that, I, I planned it and did it on a down day. So I had, that was during my alternate day fasting time. And so I went and ran the 5k at 39 hours fasted and felt fantastic. That's, that is just like you said, that's when I would feel the best is when you haven't, your body is, is just converting that, that fat into energy and it's feeding your whole body and you you get into ketosis and you you just your brain is fueled and everything is just you feel amazing yeah it's it's you have to almost experience to believe it because most people assume the longer you are into that fast the worse you're going to feel and i think what experienced fasters will tell you is that's not always the case, especially if you're clean fasting. You're, you, it's, you get this this high, and um, so I think that's so interesting that that you brought that up. Now, when someone comes to you and they're like, "Daniel, you've just had so much uh, major success on your journey, on your health journey," and they say, well, should I ADF or should I not? And I realize we're not providing medical advice and this is literally just an opinion of yours, but what, why do you think and who do you think ADF is good for? And it doesn't sound like you do ADF today. It no, was just a and time in your journey. Yeah, it was just kind of a time. And the reason I did it was not for, I didn't do it for any weight loss. That wasn't the whole point of even doing it. And it wasn't even just to see if I could do it. I actually... With losing that much weight, because I've lost, um, I've lost uh, 172 pounds now is what what I've lost. So from my 367, I'm down to 195, and wow. so yeah, that's that's just incredible. So with that, you know, when I went into this and I started having success and I was losing the weight, um, my wife would tell me now, you know, not not discouraging me from doing it, but she would just kind of keep me in, in, uh, a realistic, uh, frame of mind and just say, now you, you realize that as you lose this weight, you know, you've been overweight for a while. As you lose this, you're going to have, you're going to have loose skin. And she would ask me, how, how are you, how are you with that? Are you going to be okay with that? And I was, I, I told her, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. And so, um, it's better than, than having all the excess weight, I can deal with some loose skin. But that was the main reason for doing the alternate day fasting was because I'd learned a little bit about autophagy and, and getting the increased autophagy from the fasting. And the longer fast you do, the more time you have in that um, 
and that that is going to go through your body and it's basically cellular repair and it's looking for extra proteins that it's going to feed your, you know, that your body's going to be fueled off of. And so skin is protein. And so I was doing it to kind of help with loose skin and trying to alleviate some of that. And so I will probably do it again in the future. And, and I think with the fasting and losing the weight this way, you would think after 170 pounds of, of fat gone from your body, you would have tons of loose skin. And I don't have tons of loose skin. I have some. I, I won't lie. I do have some. But it's nothing like I would expect. And it's nothing like I've seen on um, some other. I watched some other videos of some fitness guys that have lost similar amount of weight. Um, but they didn't do it with fasting. They did it through exercise and cutting calories and all that. And they, they lost their weight and now they lift and do all kinds of things there. But, um, there was one guy on, on YouTube that I was watching and he was, he was showing the amount of loose skin that he had from losing. I think he lost like maybe 150 pounds or something like that. And he had a, he had just loose skin hanging everywhere. And uh, I don't have that. And I, I attribute that to to the intermittent fasting for sure. Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now, let's get back to our guest. And, you know, it's interesting because I do hear this a lot. I also think it is kind of related to how intermittent fasting really helps our body composition because I always joke that, you know, I never owned a belt in my adult life and I always have been uh, someone who gains weight on my upper body, not my lower body. Mm -hmm. And even at the same weight, when I lost weight before, I still kind of struggled feeling like I liked my waistline. And yet when I now got down to that weight through intermittent fasting, I had more of a waistline. My arms had more definition. So I think that there's, there's definitely this, this magic that, yeah. and, and it's science-based. If you think about it, I think Daniel, you, you make a really good point and the skin is protein. And I think that a lot of people out there are like, are going to have that aha moment. Like, Oh, and you know, a couple of my former guests, uh, Jeff's a great one. I mean, he has no, no loose skin and he lost, he lost over 80 pounds. I have other people lost over a hundred pounds. That's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I I really, it's really is amazing. And your body, it doesn't, it doesn't want all that skin there. You know, we've just stretched it out and it's developed over a long period of time. And I I truly think the fasting, if, you know, I'll continue to do this the rest of my life, I think it will continue to just get better and better and better. It's not going to get worse. And I don't really even think I'll be stuck with it for the rest of my life. I think it will will go away. And, And like you said, with the body 
composition definitely changes because the fasting is increasing human growth hormone, which is then going to help you build muscle. So when people are like thinking when you're when you're fasting, oh, you're going to get weak and you're going to be tired. And, you know, that's why we were talking with the ADF that you you feel the best when you're you haven't eaten in 30 or 40 hours and you feel amazing. And that only makes sense if you look back to the days when when we would have had to have gone and hunted for our food. You know, you you weren't eating three, four, five meals a day. You were lucky if you ate one meal a day and you had to work hard to even get that. And so if you're, I don't, I, I feel like we were amazingly, I'll just use the word designed. So, um, I'm a Christian, so I, I believe we were wonderfully, beautifully made and we weren't made to, uh, you know, if we're going to have to go and, and get our food at night to feed our, our little family that we have and to feed ourselves and to stay alive, it doesn't make sense to me that you're going to then get weaker and weaker. And then that's going to just make it that much harder for you to go catch your food that you're going to have to eat that day. That doesn't make sense. I think we would all, we would all die off if that were the case. So your body does amazing things and it increases human growth hormone. It gives you tremendous energy so that you would be able to go out and find that food that you need to survive from. It's, so It's so true. It's so true. I mean, think about we have so much technology today that makes getting food easy and access to food easy and more and more food. And But you just you don't have to look back that much that much in history to to realize that none of our ancestors were eating like we eat none of them were and and none of them were eating as often didn't have the access to it and you know it's kind of like my lab if i give that lab a big bag of dog food she'll eat the whole thing until <laughs> she almost makes herself sick i mean yeah. she will she won't stop and yet she doesn't need that much food. And I think you've made such a good point. You know, we are, we have been beautifully and wonderfully made. And our bodies, you know, look at the hungry lion. You know, when the lioness is, is hunting, she is so fast. She has that fierceness. She has that, you know, that hunger in her eyes. And yet look at the lion after they've had lunch. Yeah. They're they're taking a nap. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, your body's got to do some work. Then that's when it's really doing all the work and using up all that energy is when once you have eaten, it's got to do something with it then. It's so true. And that's why I love just making people kind of think about that. Like, just think about your ancestors. Maybe they came over, they were immigrants. Maybe they came over on a ship. Maybe they, I mean, you just look at all these times in life. Maybe they were uh, in settlers, early settlers, and they were in their covered wagon. I guarantee they were not eating every two hours to keep their metabolism going. I yeah. mean, it just, you know? Well, even look back at just when, when we were kids. So just for me, that would say in the 70s. You know, you didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't get snacks. You know, I never had, I never had snacks. I would have breakfast in the morning. I would have lunch and I would have dinner. And then if after dinner you were like, hey, can I have a snack? You're like, no, you should have ate more dinner. 
you know, or before right. dinner, can I have a snack? No, you're going to spoil your dinner. You know, those kind of things. You just didn't do that. You didn't have snacks. You didn't eat. It was a it was a big treat. If we were able to go out and have pizza for dinner or something, that wasn't something you just did every single day. That was a that was a special occasion if you got to go out to dinner. So you were at home normally eating unprocessed, real food, and you were eating it three meals a day, and that was fine. And nobody had an obesity problem. It was very rare back then to see everybody, you know, so overweight. And that was because they were they were balanced. I think a balanced diet is not necessarily just meat, vegetables, and balanced what's on your plate. I think it's balanced also with the time. So if you were eating three meals a day, you basically, you were fasting 12 hours out of the day. So pretty balanced, 12 hours of feeding, 12 hours of fasting. That's that's what you did then. That's, that's balanced. And it worked then because you were eating real food. I think it's so true. And if you, you know, a lot of people before they intermittent fast will sometimes have good results by just lengthening the time between meals because they, their body for so long had been, you know, we've been told to constantly snack. And uh, I see a lot of people, if you just say, hey, if you're not even ready to intermittent fast, if you're still reading about it or you're not ready, just give up the snacks between your meals. And do, you know, sure, keep your three meals for a little bit. We want you to fast, but but just try that as a first step. And, you know, so many of them will say, oh, I feel better or, oh, I'm getting better results. And then it's like, oh, I'm definitely intermittent fasting because yeah. it's all making too much sense to me. But it takes us a while to retrain that we should space out the time. And, you know, it's it's so sad to me because... I watch like all the schools and the sporting events and they really encourage, oh no, your kid needs a snack now. It needs a snack in another hour and a half. And then we need a snack here. And, and I don't know, sometimes it's really hard as a parent because I'm far from perfect. We're not, you know, we're, we're not eating perfect all around here all the time, but sometimes you're like, well, I don't want to send my kid with and make them be the only one without a snack at the same time. I didn't have snacks before lunch at at school. We didn't pack any snacks. And now you're almost kind of told, Hey, your kids really need snacks. They really need energy to keep, keep pushing through the day. And you're like, well, do they? I don't know. (laughs) They don't. They don't. They've just been trained and they want it. Sure. They want it. I wanted snacks when I was younger too. I wanted them, but I I was told no. Yeah. No, it's very interesting. So now you're you're a hundred over 170 pounds lighter today. Do you now look back at the at Daniel pre-September 9th, 2018, who said, oh, I'm not really, you know, I, I wasn't really, I'm not really limited on anything I can do. I'm doing all I want to do. Do you ever look back now and say, wow, I I, there's so much I can do now that I couldn't do then, but I didn't even realize it. Do you ever oh. have those, that thought? Oh, all the time. Yeah. All, all the time. Matter of fact, I'm going to, uh, I, you know, Keith McDonald, right? So shout, yes. out, shout out to him. So I'm going to do a little challenge with him. And so he and I are both going to, at some point here in the near future, I'm trying to work out how to do it, but 
we are going to pack on in packs and ankle weights and weighted vests and whatever, and we're going to pack back on the weight that we've lost. And then we're going to do a little hike, not together, so it'll just be kind of a virtual type thing, but we're going to just going to see, just to kind of put our mind in that, not to torture ourselves or any of that. So I might not even be able to go very far packing 170 pounds back on my body, but just kind of as a, a reminder, I guess, not even really that I need a reminder, but just something to just kind of put that in there of what I used to put myself through. And mm. we're going to see what we can do with that. So I see all the time things I, you know, I would, I would uh, come home from, from a day of work and on the ride home in my truck and I would get ready to get out of the car and my, I would have so much inflammation that my feet would hurt so bad that I would have to sit there for a minute after opening the door of my truck and kind of move and wiggle my feet around a little bit to kind of loosen them back up because everything just on a ride home would stiffen up and I could hardly even walk to the door, you know, to get in the house. So those things are just gone, just things that worked where I would, I would have to, sometimes I would have to climb up into, um, like in stores they have racking, you know, where all the product is, is set, you know, in the stores. And I would have to climb up in those racking sometimes to do parts of my job. And I would, then go and find a little ladder so that I could then climb myself up in there. And now I notice, you know, the other day I was doing it and I just jumped up in there. And then after I was in there, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Well that was, I just jumped in there and didn't even realize I did it where normally I would have had to climb in there and get a ladder to even help me get up to that point. And now it's just little things like that, that you don't even really it's kind of an aha moment at the at the time once you do it, and then you're you're just kind of amazed that you were even able to do that because you didn't used to be able to before. And you know, it's interesting. Do you ever have people when you share about your journey say, you know, did you count calories? How much are you exercising? And it sounds like to me that fasting helped you get to a point. Then, then you started incorporating exercise and then you started moving more. And it's interesting because most people will say to lose weight, we need to count our calories. It's, it's calories in, calories out and exercise. So those are the two things. And isn't it ironic? It sounds like to me, you've kind of done the exact opposite of that. And now you're incorporating exercise, correct? Correct. I, I don't, I don't count anything. I think uh, in the beginning, I probably would would add some things up, you know, after, you know, I would eat, not not based on what I what I would eat, not to determine what I was going to eat. But after just to kind of see where I was and how many calories I was putting into my body, I would look it up after and maybe log it in the beginning. Now, I don't even do that now because it's just so ridiculous. Um, so if you think about it, a uh, you know, like I said before, your your body doesn't even know what a calorie is. That's just a unit of measurement of of heat, basically. So, like for for food, they uh, I was reading how they how they even determine the calories in food, and they they take like the the food and they surround it with water, and then they heat the water until the the food disappears. And then based on 
the degree that the water had to be heated, I guess, to make that food disappear, then tells them how many calories are in that food. So for one, I, I really doubt anything that we're looking on the package for the calories for one is I really doubt is going to be very accurate. But but two, other things have calories in them. So I also looked up sometimes just to try and prove a point to somebody. I even did it the other day on on one of the one of uh, the Facebook pages and because they were talking about calories in, calories out. And so even sawdust has calories in it. And I've <laughs> right? I right. Would. So so I looked up and like one I think one kilogram of sawdust has 4,800 calories in it. So I found that really amazing. And then I also started looking up and come to find out there is actually sawdust sometimes that is put into our food. Did you know oh that? Oh my gosh, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, so so the, I don't know if they figure that into the calories or not. Well, I doubt it. But But either way, so people that are telling you calories in and calories out. So then are they telling me that as a 195 pound, six foot tall man, 48 years old, so say I have a total daily energy expenditure of say 2,700 calories, that if I ate one kilogram of sawdust that has 4,800 calories in it, that I would then gain weight? (laughs) Right, right. I mean, right. So that doesn't make sense to me. So no, of course you're not going to because that sawdust has no nutrients in it whatsoever. So what's your body going to do with it? It's not going to store it as fat. It's going to pass it through your body and it's then going to just leave your body. It doesn't have anything to do with it. It's going to eliminate it. And, but therefore you still had all the calories, you know, they, they were in there, you ingested them, but then they're gone. Your body is looking for nutrients. And the just so many differences with how your body can absorb the the calories in the food, right? So even a difference between a a uh, cooked potato and an uncooked potato, right? So when it's cooked and it's softened up and you've heated it, then that releases different sugars and all of that. So your body is actually going to absorb more calories from that cooked potato than it would from the raw one, right? Still the same exact potato going into your body. But once you've cooked it, you've changed, you've changed it. And your body is then going to absorb a different amount of the calories from it. And some of it, it would eliminate. So I don't, just the calories in, calories out. I, I can agree that probably it's somewhat close but I think it's such a minimal part of what's going in to losing weight or gaining weight or building muscle or, or losing muscle. I think it's such a tiny fraction of that, that we give it so much power. And I think we just are doing such a disservice by telling people you've got to eat less and move more. Count this calories, add up how much energy you use in a day. And I mean, who even knows that? I mean, I wear a Fitbit, but I guarantee that's not even accurate telling me how many calories I burned in a day. There's just no right. way to be accurate with all that. Yeah. And, and my experience has has been on my health journey as I've learned more and more is that 
different foods at the same calorie level affect me differently. Some satiate me better than others. And and so I think that you're exactly right that this this it's not that it's all wrong. It's just that by putting so much focus on it, we're doing it a disservice. I think we're doing ourselves a disservice. Right. I think you're exactly right. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had a tickle in my throat. <laughs> so um, kind of moving to the next topic, when did you start incorporating exercise? And you're talking about now, you've talked about your big hike that you want to do. What exercise do you do today? What does that look like? Okay, so I, I started off, I didn't, in the beginning, I didn't do any exercise because I was honestly, I was just too big to do any kind of exercise. Uh, I would I would go even after, before I'd even lost much weight, I would, I would think, okay, well, I, I need to go move a little bit. So I would go walk. But even that was difficult because like I said, by the time I got home from work, my feet hurt so bad. My body was just hurting so bad that I couldn't even do that. So until I got a little bit of weight off, I started feeling better. The fasting was giving me lots of energy. So I had lots of energy. I needed to do something with it. So I would go to the track close to our house just to go walk some laps. And two laps around the track was three miles. Um, So I would decide, okay, I'm going to go walk. And so I would just go and and do that just to kind of get some energy. That was really the only exercise I would get. And then eventually that turned into where I would think, oh, man, I still I feel so good walking. I'm going to I'm going to try and jog a little bit. And I would start jogging and then I'd be like, no, I can't do that. I'm still too big to even to even jog uh, because just everything hurt. Your knees hurt. You've just got so much pressure on your knees and your back and just everything just hurt. And so I would stop and just walk some more. And then that eventually you know, as I lost more weight and I would start feeling better, I would try the jogging again and I would actually be able to jog a little bit farther and a little bit farther until I worked up to where now I can just, I can pretty much jog however much I want now. Um, and so I wanted to, uh, you know, I talked about having a little bit of loose skin, nothing, nothing major, but I do have a little bit. And so I like to to work out and I want to build some muscle and I'm thinking, well, maybe if I build the muscle, that'll even help with the loose skin because it'll fill some of that in. So I joined a gym by our house. And so I generally now what my probably four or five times a week, usually five, five days a week, I go to the gym and I go and I work out on the weights for 45 minutes to an hour. And then after that, I'll go over on the treadmill and I'll run at least three miles, usually between three and four miles that I'll go and run that. So that generally takes me about 35 minutes uh, to do that. And then I go home. I feel good when I've worked up a good sweat and I just I just feel good. It makes me feel better. I'm not doing it again. I'm not doing it for weight loss. I'm just doing it because I, I feel so great. I have so much energy. And I look forward to going to the gym. It's not a torture that, oh, I got to go do this so I can keep losing weight. Now I'm just doing it. I look forward to it. I'm out working during the day and I'm, I'm thinking about, hey, later when I get to go to the gym, which is very foreign to me because that's. Isn't that crazy when that yeah. happens? You're like, what? <laughs> Who am I now? Yeah. Who am I? <laughs> yeah. so, so, so many moments like that. Who am I moments, uh, you know, with 
with the exercise, with food and, you know, because like I said before, when I started, I didn't change anything in, in my diet at all. Um, that has changed because, but I'm, I honestly, I haven't done any of it on purpose. I, I just eat what I like and what I like has definitely changed. I now crave, my wife even has those, who are you moments? Like, cause I, <laughs> you know, I'm asking her for more vegetables and I'm excited when she's, you know, fixing something that's just loaded with vegetables and meat. I, I'm thrilled to death when that happens. So I don't know. That's, it's just so weird. Isn't that just, but I think that's so encouraging because what I hear is a story that is so approachable and, and so doable and that's not underscoring the hard work that you did, Daniel. It's just that if I'm another Daniel Deal out there listening to your story, I'm hearing this, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm hearing, I don't need to change my diet right away. I don't need to go start exercising hours upon hours every day. I don't need to count my calories. I, I just really, I need to start intermittent fasting. And, and I, and I think it's kind of like, I think that's really so uh, like, what are you, are you, are you kidding me? <laughs> like that's, but that, but then, and you're not saying that all those other things don't play a role at some point in your journey, but it's almost like you, you've had better success focusing on fasting first and let the other things follow. Yeah. I just kind of, I just think, you're better off if you just for long-term success. I think it just needs to be easy and it, and it is easy. It needs to be simple. I don't, you know, not that you're not going to have, have moments where maybe you feel like you need to change. Like I've had moments where the weight loss stopped. I mean, it just completely stopped. And then your, your mind starts thinking, Oh, what do I, what do I do? What's happening? Okay. Well, right. nothing's happening. Your, your body is, doing something. I know the science behind the fasting and it's working on something in my body. It has to be, I know it is, I trust that it is, and it's, it's fixing something and I just can't see it. And so for me, whenever I would hit a, I don't even like the word plateau really, because it just, it's not a plateau because it's doing something. You just can't see what it is. You know, it, you are improving, it's fixing things. So to me, I've never really been in a plateau. I mean, weight loss, yes, the weight loss itself stopped. How much gravity is pushing down on me on the scale, I guess, changed. And it didn't keep going down. But other than that, things are still improving. And so I think if you just release the the stress, and not to mention the stress that you're putting on yourself is hurting your weight loss, that's not good for you either. So I think if you just keep it a simple and just uncomplicated. It's very uncomplicated. You just fast for a certain number of hours in a day and then eat your meals in the other time that you've got. And that's, that's it. And I, I don't know how it can get much simpler than that. And surely most of us can do that. Even if it's, even if it's 12 hours fasting. So do 12 hours and don't worry about it. Just do that until it's so easy 
and then maybe move it to 12 and a half hours, or even if it's 12 hours and five minutes, it can be as simple as you want it to be, but just don't complicate it. And I think over time, everything else kind of just happens. Like the exercise part, it happened, but not because I needed to lose weight. It happened because I felt so good. I wanted to do it. The food Mm -hmm. choices, those have changed over time, but not because I changed them because I needed to lose weight. They changed because the other foods didn't taste as good to me anymore. And my body wanted the other stuff. So I ate the other stuff. I ate what I wanted. And so to me, you just keep it as simple as possible. If the weight loss stops, just convince yourself, know in your mind that it is doing something else and let it do its thing. It's going to fix something else and you just keep doing your thing and eventually the weight loss will start again. And that's that's what's happened to me. And even when the weight loss stopped later, I would then discover oh, you know what? The weight loss stopped, but hey, this doesn't hurt anymore. You know, my shoulder that was still kind of hurting, it doesn't hurt anymore. Or, oh, that um, skin tag that I had on the back of my neck is gone. Well, when did that happen? You know, so you, you just wow. never know what it's doing. It's it's fixing something. It has to be. It's repairing something in your body. Just let it do its thing. And not to say you're never going to Maybe there are there are people that maybe need to change something. But even then, I say to just keep that part simple and just whatever you think you need to change. So if you think oh, I'm probably having too many sweets, OK, well, that's probably what it is. So work on that. And if it's maybe you were having sweets after lunch and after dinner, so maybe just cut them out after lunch or just cut them out after dinner. Or just the simplest, tiniest little things and do that until it's just not hard to do anymore. And then you can tweak something else. So like Jen says in her books, tweak it till it's easy. And, yep. and that's, that's it. it. It should be easy. That's the key word there is easy. doesn't have to be complicated, just, but you're going to have to be patient. You know, you mm-hmm. can't, you can't rush it. Not to say you, you, there are things you can do to hurry it up. So if you're not the type that can be patient with it and you you want to get it moving, you can do alternate day fasting. It's not going to hurt you. If you're trying to do it to get rid of the insulin resistance faster, you can do the alternate day fasting. It's definitely going to help that. But it's not going to be as as uh, easy for you as doing your 16 hours of fasting. It's going to be different. But I think if you want to do it, that's different than than making yourself do it, if that makes any sense. No, I think that is so extremely helpful. And I I think is going to resonate with a lot of people out there. So tell me about your family and your people that have watched your journey. What have have they taken on fasting? And uh, what have you seen as a result of your journey? So, okay, so whenever I started... My mom had kind of started the same thing. She had, her doctor had actually told her because she's insulin resistant, right? And she she was told that she was pre-diabetic. Um, and so he told her and suggested doing intermittent fasting. So she was doing, she was doing that. And about the same time that I started, um, she also didn't know anything about clean fasting. And so she wasn't doing that. I think she's had she's had some uh, success, but 
Um, she hasn't lost the amount of weight that I've lost, but I, she's seen, I think when I was talking to her the other day, I, I asked her because she was a little, a little frustrated with her weight loss and was feeling a little discouraged about it. Cause I, I think she's, she hasn't lost near what, what she wants to lose, but she also had a doctor's visit and I think her A1C had gone from like in the sixes, like six point something. And it was down to like five, five point something. So even that had dropped. So even though her weight wasn't, wasn't just rapidly dropping, her body was repairing things on the inside. She had a lot more healing to do probably than, than I had. She had had a long history of, of, calorie restricting diets and all of that throughout her whole life. Um, so I'm sure that's done some damage to her metabolism and, and everything else through her life. And so her body has a little more healing to do, but it's still working for her. And then I've got my dad on the other hand. So he, I told him about the, what I was doing when I first started it, cause I was really excited about it. And I, I pretty much told everybody. And so I was telling him and it kind of, went in one ear and out the other and he was supportive, but was like, yeah, okay, that's, that's good. And then later I, I got down, I think at the point when I'd lost about 80 pounds is about the point he, he asked me again. He's like, now what is this you're doing again? Because <laughs> <laughs> cause obviously I had stuck with it. I wasn't having a hard time. I had gone with him and had dinner and he'd seen me eat, you know, so he, he'd see me eat pizza. He'd see me, you know, eat tacos, whatever. He'd see me eat all, all the, all the things. And I was still losing weight. I was still sticking with it. I wasn't complaining about it. Like, Oh, this fasting or, Oh, this diet, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't that it was different. So then after I'd lost about 80 pounds, he was like, okay, now what, what is this again? And so I told him and he said, well, how do I do it? And so I told him in the beginning, I was like, well, get this book. I've got this book. It's called Fast Feast Repeat by Jen Stevens. You need to read this. He's, he's stopped me like real quick as soon as I said, you need to read this book. I think he's pretty similar to me. And I, like I said, I don't really enjoy reading either. So he was like, no, you've been doing this for this long. You tell me what to do and I'll do it. I was like, okay. So I told him just nothing but black coffee. He goes, well, all I drink is black coffee. I was like, okay, you can have water. He's like, okay, that's that's it. I was like, you can have tea. He's like, I don't drink tea. I was like, <laughs> I was like, no zero calorie sodas. He's like, I don't drink any of that. I was like, all I have is water and black coffee anyway. That's all I drink. I was like, okay, well, then you're good with that. So after dinner, don't snack. And then tomorrow morning, skip your breakfast. And then when it gets to be lunchtime, eat lunch. And then eat dinner. And then start again. And he, he just, the look on his face, I just remember it. It's engraved in my mind because <laughs> I can see this little grin, little smirk on his face like of doubt. Like, I, and he even said, he's like, that's, that's all I got to do. I was like, yeah, for right now, that's all you got to do. Just start with that. See what happens. He's like, well, okay. So he started instantly right then. And he, he didn't have scales really either. So he didn't really know how much he weighed at the moment. So I, he got on my scales and I think he was between 245 and 250 pounds. I think he's about five, nine. Um, so he was up there and he needed to lose some weight. It was affecting his life and getting around. He's 73 years old. 
Um, so it was affecting the things he was doing. He was tired. He didn't have the energy and, you know, he was attributing most of that to just be getting older and, and all of that. But so he started and now today, I think he's down to 163 or 164 pounds and wow. feels amazing. He, he, he can even, he was telling me the other day, just about like his, he was having lunch, I think with his brothers and sisters and they, they went to go, somebody was trying to beat him to the door of the restaurant. He's like, Daniel, I, I ran to the door. I ran fast. I got all the way to the doorway before they could get there. And he's the oldest one of his siblings, but he's absolutely in the best shape. And he, he can attribute all of that to, to doing intermittent fasting. And that's amazing. Wow. My wife, she didn't, she didn't do it in the beginning. Um, supportive of me doing it but she's like oh i could never do that i've got to have my dr pepper in the morning and i was like you don't have to have your dr pepper she's like no i do if i don't i'll have like a blood sugar crash i'll get a headache and just make my whole day miserable and so she was wouldn't do it wouldn't do it wouldn't do it eventually um i I found it funny because i didn't really know she was she was actually doing the, the intermittent fasting until one day she had a Dr. Pepper or something and she was like, Oh, I can't, I can't have that yet. My window's not open. And I, oh. I was just like, Oh, oh, well, okay. Then I think maybe she's doing it. And so she just kind of eased herself into it. And I mean, next thing you know, she doesn't have that Dr. Pepper in the morning anymore. She doesn't have it until lunch. She still has it. She just doesn't have it until lunchtime, which is great. And she's been able to lose some weight and, and feel better with it. I've got cousins and aunts and uncles, and I've got some that kind of start and then they stop and then they start and they stop and then they want to do it, but maybe they're just not, not quite ready yet or haven't found just the right, right way, I guess, to make it easy in their life, I guess, to do it. I've got friends, lots of friends that do it, lots of friends that I want to have do it, um, that just can't seem to get committed to, to trying it. I'm convinced if they would just try it and and do it the way, the clean, fast way, do it that way, they'll have success. Their life will change. I promise. It's amazing. Oh, I love that. And Daniel, it sounds like to me in every interaction you know we've had, you know, your daughter means the world to you. Oh, and yeah. do you ever reflect that? Obviously, you know, our time here on earth is not all in our control, but there are certain things we can do for our health. And do you ever think, I gained more time with my daughter? I gained more time. I, I got more time back. Do you ever do you ever yeah. reflect on that? Uh, probably every every day, probably every hour or two that that thought comes to my mind. I don't know what I would do without my family, all of them, my daughter, my wife, my mom, my dad, all of them, family, my entire family. So I've lived in Oklahoma my whole life, my entire family, my wife's side of the family, my, my side of the family, they all live here in Oklahoma. I don't really have hardly anybody that's out of state. Um, so all of them being here close, my family definitely means the world to me. And so I definitely think of the, the time that, that I am going to have here with them, hopefully. Um, but then also just being able to, to help them, like my mom and my dad, and that I can 
have them around longer also. So definitely look for that. And my daughter, I think, um, you know, she, like I told you, I think I, I mentioned to you before that, you know, she's, she's only 17, so I don't encourage her to do any kind of fasting or anything like that, but she sees me do it. She knows what I'm doing. And she kind of, if, if you watch her, she kind of is kind of just instinctually kind of eats that way anyway. She just doesn't eat if she's not hungry. Um, so there's, there's lots of evenings where she doesn't even want dinner. And so she doesn't eat dinner. There's lots of mornings she doesn't want breakfast, but then she, she'll eat a big lunch. And then she has other days where she'll eat a big lunch. She'll eat a big dinner. She'll eat a big breakfast. It just kind of depends on what her body's telling her. And if she's hungry, she eats. If she's not hungry, she doesn't. So I hope that she will keep that for the rest of her life because I think the majority of us kind of lost that somewhere along the way. I think we all start out with that, but we lose it. So for her, maybe if she ever does need it, she knows what intermittent fasting is. She's definitely heard me talk about it. So um, she always has that there to to go back to if she ever does need it. Yeah, what a what a great example and and tool that you're providing her to use if and when she needs it. But the instinctive nature of eating, we have lost that, and uh, I am so glad that maybe slowly and slowly we're getting back to that. Um, so I have a couple, before we close, I have a couple other fun questions. Okay. If Daniel could eat any dinner now, what is like the dinner? What is like your favorite, favorite thing you're, you, you have? Well, hmm. I don't know. That would have to be, uh, there's a, a restaurant we have here called Cattleman's. And it's in the uh, it's in the stockyards of Oklahoma City, so that should tell you probably a little something. But probably a nice big. I'm still a steak and potatoes kind of guy, so probably a nice big steak and a baked potato with every single thing you could put on it on it, and probably a good big salad and some vegetables along with it would be fantastic for me. But it would. It would, I've recently discovered, my wife and I have recently discovered this uh, Mexican food food truck that's close to our house. And, <laughs> Those are so good. And, oh, my goodness. That is some of the best food. Uh, I don't even. Uh, so it it would it'd be probably in there close. So the food truck is amazing. So And my wife loves the Mexican food. So I would, uh, one of those two things I think I would probably Oh, I, I love that. I love that. Okay. So favorite movie, favorite movie. Uh, maybe something like the green mile. I love that movie. Oh, that's a great movie. Um, probably any of the, the, uh, older movies, like, uh, maybe any of the older Eddie Murphy, uh, yep, movies. Those are great ones. Um, so I, I like a lot of those. I like comedies. Anything that's that's funny or it'll make me laugh, I, I pretty much will will like it. So last one, when you get in your car, and I know you do a little bit of traveling for your job, okay. is it the radio, talk radio, music, podcast, what do you listen to, or nothing? Okay, it depends on probably what time of year it is. If it's if it's OU football season then it is on sports sports radio and I am listening to everything that is going on with OU football. 
<laughs> I love it. If uh, now for the last two and a half years since I discovered podcasts, because I, I would always say, oh, podcasts, whatever. But now I, I listen to all kinds of, of podcasts. So I'll do that a lot while I'm driving. And that's generally when I when I listen to most of those is, is when I'm driving from here to Tulsa or, or wherever. Um, so it's generally not a lot of music. Sometimes it, it might be, uh, if it is music, then it's going to be some, some Christian music that I, that I enjoy. So I'll listen to that. Um, but usually talk radio or podcasts is probably the majority of the time what I, what I listen to. Oh, I love that. Well, you know, until I discovered podcasts, I didn't even know I had a podcast app on my iPhone. Like, I didn't even know. Yeah, I, I think I might have clicked on it by mistake one time. And I was like, oh, I don't know what this is, but. Yeah. Yes, same. I'm like, what is it? I just thought it was one of the random apps I don't need or don't use. Right. And, and uh, I'm looking back. And that's why so many people will say to me, Beth, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize, you know, or I don't know how to listen to a podcast. And they get kind of embarrassed. I go, oh, do not be embarrassed. I walked around for the longest time not knowing how either. So <laughs> no apology necessary. I was in your same boat. I just happened to now figure it out and then want to create one. Okay. Yeah, and then they're so addictive. There are so many. I, even if you just like to listen to their podcasts with like mysteries. And I mean, it's just wide range. There's so anything so you want. many. Oh, There's yeah. So anything many. Uh, well, this has been so enjoyable, and I purposely wanted to go a little longer today because of a few reasons. Number one, I really think your story has a lot of great tips and insight that will help others. I really wanted us to, to talk about the clean fast, calories in, calories out, kind of the role exercise played. But I also remember, and correct me if I'm wrong, that when you said your favorite length of podcast, you said you kind of like the longer ones, not the shorter <laughs> ones. Am I right on that, or do I remember that correctly? Yep, you are you are correct on that. I think for me, the the longer the better, because there are so many that I, you know, you listen and you just you wish there was some more to it. I'm not sure people will find that listening to me, but. <laughs> I don't, I don't find myself that um, enjoyable probably to listen to, but I, I just really like listening to people's stories and I, I love hearing them. So for me, the longer, the better. They're easy to start and stop. And if I get out of the truck, I can pause it or it automatically will pause itself and pick right back up where I left off when I get back in. So yeah, I, I, I enjoy them a lot. You know, I, um, I purposely said we're gonna. I'm gonna make this our longest. I did. I think this will be our <laughs> longest podcast. And I did oh, this. This is because I remembered that comment. I'm like, nope. We're gonna make this a solid plus hour a segment, and we <laughs> did just that. And every I know people are going to continually listen to this because you did provide so much, so much wisdom for for people. And you've had a really. You've had results and you're maintaining it. And I just think it's, it's so amazing, but you know, my favorite question, and I know you, you've provided a lot of bold advice, but as we end here today, what are kind of your, your last words you want to leave the listeners with or any last advice that we didn't get to? I think we probably did get to it all, but I think 
the one thing I would just stress to people is that if, as far as intermittent fasting goes, if, if you're doing it, whatever those hours are that you're doing it. So whether it's 12 hours or 16 hours or, or 42 hours, whatever that is, make those in what just simple. I, I think in my opinion, everybody tries to overcomplicate it. And it's easy to do that because you, you want to have the, the visible success and you want to have it right away. And that's just not the way it works. So you just really, when everybody says, trust the process, it, there are so many different parts of what that means of trusting the process. So I think just realizing that things are going on inside your body, that it's healing things inside your body. And that if you can just convince yourself of that, know that, and just let it do it, let your body do its thing, give it the time to do the healing that it needs to do. The weight will fall off. The food choices will, will change. I promise everything will work. You're not, you're not meant, your body's not wanting to be overweight. Your body's not wanting to have uh, all the pain that it's having from whatever. Your, your body doesn't want, you weren't designed to be in pain all the time like that. You weren't designed to be overweight. So your body will naturally, in my opinion, your body will naturally want to get the weight off. It's going to want to heal those things that are hurting you. And so if you can just be patient, let it do what it's going to do, keep it simple, and just don't complicate something that's not complicated. I love that. And I think that advice can apply to so many areas of life. You know, don't complicate it. Simplify. And truly, that's my advice to new parents, to people with a new job, and really intermittent fasting. I mean, it can be applied to so many areas. Well, Daniel, thank you for your time. And I appreciate it so much. And I can't wait to continue to watch your story unfold. Thank you very, very much for having me. I really do enjoy it. I like to get on here and be able to talk about things like this. And I, I don't even know how to, how to say how much I enjoyed it and how much I appreciate it. And thank you for your podcast. I love it. I, I stumbled upon it, honestly, just because you were in the groups and it was, I didn't even realize it was talking much about fasting, but I love the fact that you talk about so many other things other than fasting. So Hopefully the people that are listening to this because of the fasting part of it will then go and scroll through the rest of your podcasts and, and realize there's so much more to it and uh, subscribe to your channel because it's, it's one that I definitely enjoy listening to when I'm in the truck and those drives that we talked about. Uh, your, yours is at the top of my list. I've got three or four of them up there that are at the top and yours is one of those. So thank you very oh, much. Oh, well, I'm so honored. You know, really... It has been such a gift to be able to share wisdom and experiences and journeys of others. And that's what this podcast is all about. And you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know that um, I always say that we can learn from, from each other. And too oftentimes we think we all have to be the same. And it's like, no, we could be very different people. We could live in very different parts of the world. And yet we can still encourage and inspire and help each other. And so thank you for listening. And thank you for being here and being a part of this, because I know you're going to inspire people. Well, I hope so. Thank you so much. 
one question that I would love for you to answer is a lot of people who have a strong faith background, I feel that some of them struggle with the role that health should play on their journey. And, you know, some of them feel that maybe they're being selfish, that they're not putting others first. And what I'd love to do is I'd love to ask you that exact question. I'd love to say, hey, Daniel, you mentioned in this interview that you are a Christian. What do you want to say to others who may be struggling prioritizing their health because they feel that it's not putting their faith first, it's not putting their family first? Would you want to answer that question? Would you feel comfortable with that? Uh, well, sure. I mean, I'll, I'll answer anything. And I'll, yeah, I think as far as the as the faith part goes, I think that really honestly should play a part in probably every part of your life. And that's that's health also, because like I said, I you know, God gave us this body right? We're intended to, we need to take care of it. You need to be setting an example for others to live a healthy, long life. Um, So, I mean, your body is a temple, right? You need to, you need to take care of it. Um, So I personally always struggled when I was overweight and felt like as far as faith goes, like what a glutton am I that I, I'm eating? How undisciplined am I that I'm you know, that I, I can't quit these certain foods. How, how you know, how awful is it of, of me that, that I, don't, uh, I don't take better care of myself? And what example am I setting for my daughter? And then, I mean, Stephen, as you, as you read in, in the Bible, and it, it talks always about uh, prayer and fasting. And you know, the, the prayer part, I, I do. But the fasting, obviously, I do now. Um, I didn't start it because of religious reasons. Obviously, I started it to to help me get healthy. But then you reflect back on that, and I start looking back on why why I think the Bible talks about prayer and fasting, and I think there's a couple reasons for that. One, I think it is a, a discipline, right? And you need to to discipline yourself. But but two, when when you learn about what the fasting is doing and that your your body is actually healing things on the on the inside right so it talks about prayer and fasting to to heal your body so it is it's exactly what it's doing and that you produce ketones and those ketones are then feeding your brain and everybody talks about the mental clarity that they get well so you do get more mental clarity. And so if you are, are praying and you're talking to God and, and you are of a clear, clear mind and your mind is functioning at such a high level, you're more likely to understand what he's trying to say to you. I think, I think all of it just kind of goes hand in hand. And yes, maybe, you know, if you worry about putting yourself first and you might see that as being selfish because you're you're doing this and maybe you're putting something else off but but for me it's not selfish because of the other things for one I'm able to spend more quality time always same amount of time with my family as before but I think that time now is is of a much higher quality because I'm able to get up and go do certain things I'm not shying away from trying 
some adventure or whatever it is that we might be going to do, I'll, I'll be able to ride that roller coaster uh, with my wife um, or my daughter or whatever. I'm, I, don't, I don't think my daughter's ever been embarrassed of me, but I was embarrassed to be that, that person going to her events and you look around and, and you realize you're the biggest one in there. And I, I do remember when I was a kid, I, I would notice, you know, if somebody's dad or mom or whoever walked in and they were just very obese, you, you would notice. You don't always pay a whole lot of attention, but some kids get teased for those kind of things. I don't think my daughter did. I don't think she never showed any kind of embarrassment in me at all. And honestly, I don't think she ever was. I don't think my wife was um, or my family, any of the rest of my family for that matter. But but I was. Those kind of things affect how you act with your family, how you act with your children, how you act with perfect strangers. You know, you're not taking care of yourself is also going to allow you to be that better person that can then help somebody else. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, betlucas.com. And remember, friends, be you boldly. The world needs you.